Hey everybody, welcome to Learn to Be Learned. This is Shane Callahan. Today's episode is a fun interview I did with my buddy Drew. Drew is publishing a poetry book by the end of the year. So we discuss that. We discuss other book, books and quotes. And uh, we just kind of talk about words. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learned something from it. Um, please leave a review. Please subscribe to the podcast. And please follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And give me feedback. Let me know how it's going. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy. All right, dude. Let's roll into it. Sure, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time. Uh, let's catch up from, you know, we were talking earlier about kind of um, old friends and stuff like that. What have you been doing? You know, you're in the Air Force now. <laughs> Last time when we graduated high school, we had I knew we, we had swimming in common, and then mm -hmm. we went our separate ways. Um, where'd you go to college? I can't remember where you went. Well, funny thing, I remember running into you at Utah State for a little bit. Oh, shit. So, yeah, there, was that? That, there was that year right out of high school, because you graduated 2012. Yeah. Right? Right out of high school, we both went to Utah State. No way. Yeah, and and I remember you walking in, and I was like, "Hey, Shane, what's up?" And he's like, "Drew, what's up, my dude?" And we just kept walking, and I and that was like, I was like, "Oh, that, that was the last time year. we talked." Yeah. Wow. Right. Freshman year. Holy crap! I don't even remember that. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, no, you're good, man. Okay. All right. So you went to Utah State for a year. And I did. Where'd you go after that? Uh, after that, I took a break. After that, okay. Uh, I went to Salt Lake Community College nice. probably next couple semesters. Um, and I've, I've been college hopping around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just trying to find like, you know, right groove of it. Online mostly. I mean, obviously this year it has to have been online, but yes. where were you at like after Utah State then or Slick then? Where'd you go after Slick? Uh, I actually, so I went Utah State, Slick. I went to Weber State. Okay. Uh, just because when I joined Air Force, that was all up in Ogden. Right, right. Um, and... So you were, now, you were at Hill a lot then, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I uh, basically am now online completely. Mm -hmm. Now it's called Ashford. or Actually, Ashford got bought by University of Arizona. Oh, okay. So I'm technically there now. I'm nice. finishing up uh, my English degree. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Um, you want to keep going after? Are you getting a bachelor's, right? Yep. And still you, working bachelor's. You want to go master's after bachelor's? Uh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. I, I'm going... I'm a I'm one of those guys like yeah. master's degree. I want to go maybe doctorate and wow. probably be a teacher. Hell yeah! So right on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once I got my bachelor's, I'm like I'm out. I can't. You know, <laughs> I was I was thinking about doing masters um, and going into sports psychology, but uh, I took the GRE and everything, and I had a, a setback. I had to take another class, and then I finally got my bachelor's. And after that, I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, right? Yeah. No. I <laughs> so I I'm, dude, that's awesome. Like I'll go for it. You know, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm. I just love that kind of mindset. Yeah. So going forward, everything I'm doing, especially with Air Force, it helps your Air Force career. Things right going great. Yeah, and that's what Jocko has an English degree too. <laughs> and that's right. I, I admire Jocko a lot for that. And um, kind of just a quick note on that too is um, he uses the English degree a lot now because he's doing his podcast. Mm -hmm. But he used it especially this last episode here. He goes off the uh, off of a book. I can't remember the name of the book right now. And the book kind of just details, and it was written back in the 50s. And the book details, like, once people start changing the meaning of words to mean a certain thing that don't, it's not even relevant. Like, you shouldn't even have it mean that, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say fast, 
they don't want you to say fast anymore. They want you to say quick. So fast is an illegal word now. You know, all you can say is quick. And if you say fast, mm. then you're going to be put in prison. And so he was saying, like, be careful when people start changing the words where mm. whatever you say might be used against you, but it also might change the definition of what they actually mean. I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Right. Yeah. And you're talking on a government level? Or any level. Any level. Any level. Right. So, I mean, words change all the time. we got slang. We've had yeah, people, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, people change the words into a, a sense where they try to use it as like, I'm not in English at all. So I'm saying like mm. adverb, you know, they're trying to use it as a, a pronoun or it's trying to use it in a different sense. Mm. Right. And we get I get that. Uh, but they're the meaning of the word still is relatively the same. Sure. But like he's just saying like it's a complete like like 180. You know, the word doesn't even mean the same word anymore. You right. know, right. Yeah, so that's what he's trying to get at. He's like, if people start saying words like that or trying to like change the meaning behind that, uh-huh. that's where like red flags should kind of be coming up of like, okay, what are they trying to say? Because hmm. language is very powerful. Right. Once you start changing the words around, then people don't understand. And that's where you kind of have that that power hmm. over that individual by shaping that definition of that word for them. So then they don't know any better. Sure. Well, yeah. and I think another big part of that would probably be body language yeah. and the, the entire interaction of communication itself. Right. So I, I don't... I, I'm not sure I necessarily agree, actually. So, like, as an English major, yes, words mean certain things. Right. And, but, you know, I could say something to you perfectly in English, but my body language isn't telling you the same thing. Right, right. Causing confusion. Right. So, it, I guess it's just important to have the empathy to understand, oh, this, I, I think I understand what that word means. Right. However... I understand this person. Right. I can feel this person. Right. Especially when somebody's saying like, you know, uh, I'm doing okay. Well, you can obviously tell they're not doing okay. Yes. And so like body language is definitely key into picking up on like hidden cues of, of what people are actually trying to mean. Right. So I, I agree with you on that sense. That, make, that totally makes sense. And I, I, that's what I love about psychology is because psychology mm-hmm. is all about behavior and it's kind of like trying to, you're not trying to read somebody's mind, but you're, you're studying their um, body language to know what their next move is going to be. And, yeah. and you, you study their body language and repetition. So whatever they're consistent with is what you know is going to be like concrete of that person. Yeah. Getting to know people's character. Yeah, I think. Exactly. Right. So I just thought that was interesting. He brought that point up. Um, yeah. Since he was, you know, since he is that he has an English background, he kind of picked it apart. And he's like, you know, I totally I can understand this. I can totally see where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. You know, when people uh, start shaping words into their own context where what you thought was blue is now red and all that stuff. Hmm. So anyway, that was a side note, but I just, hey, that's no. a totally new discussion. I mean, Very that could be cool. a whole podcast that, in itself. That's again, a but. good English discussion, like English versus communication. Right, right. Like the best, most effective way to communicate, right. I think is a great uh, topic. Have you ever seen oh. the movie or heard the movie, The Professor and the Madman? The Professor oh. and the Madman. Um, mm-hmm. It's about the creation of the dictionary back in the 1800s. Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah, in okay. England and uh the just the oxford yep, edition huh? yep and okay. it goes into the origins of how it created how it was started who really got it going and it was this professor who was really just knowledgeable in words and he loved mm-hmm. languages and then the madman who was this this civil war veteran he was a, a psychiatrist and um something else during the civil war but he ended up going AWOL because his his PTS got the, the best of him. Oh. And so he was just kind of going a little bit crazy, having really bad anxiety, yeah. panic attacks. But he loved words. That's what calmed him down. That's what helped kind of slow his his um, process. And he, him and the professor ended up working together and creating this 
awesome dictionary of what it started to be. Wow. Okay. Well, and that's very, I relate to that completely. I think the way I write poetry is that. Yeah. That's the way I process what I'm feeling, thinking. I just have to slow it down, put it into words. Very reflective in a sense. Right. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And so poetry obviously is one of my biggest art forms. I yeah. Love, I love poetry. And that's what I'm, that's what sparked me to bring you onto the podcast too, is because of your poetry. When you posted that picture on Instagram that you wanted to create your, your own poetry book. And that's like, right. Dude, I got to have this guy on here. Let's talk about poetry. Cause I know nothing about poetry. You know, <laughs> I mean, we took poetry class in high school, but that is just high school. And right. they only go over like this, just the skim, you know, <laughs> of the top of the poetry barrel. But, uh, what got you into that? You know, why, why did you start doing writing poetry? Uh, well, great question. I mean, I, well, the funny answer is love, yeah. romance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I, that's I've always been that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like writing poetry, uh, and and as I get older, it's become a reflective uh, cure, I guess. Of I'm feeling something I can't understand, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna sit down, put it in my best words possible, uh, and. I think I started writing with, um, in 10th grade, I had an English teacher uh, that really just encouraged poetry in her class. And it was, I started with swimming, actually. There was this poem I wrote about swimming. Oh, nice. Be- well, because back then I hated it. <laughs> did you really? Oh, you were oh, more into yeah. water polo than you were into swimming. Definitely. So like, I, there, there was a lot of water polo players that did swimming to stay conditioned, uh-huh. but I knew that they hated it. <laughs> so exactly yeah, I get it. that. Okay. So I, I swam to play water polo yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Did your coach make it a requirement or did he just tell you guys, oh, he did? It was, well, it was, it was kind of a school requirement, Yeah. but it was also like you had, you you knew you had to right because right. water polo just had you had to have that conditioning right uh but i but i remember like i wrote poetry about how much i just didn't like swimming yeah and that just felt so good yeah nice <laughs> so to write it down and i actually turned one in to my english teacher and i got an a and i was like oh i'm you know getting a's off of my poetry i think it was just a good positive reinforcement yeah definitely that sounds like it and then, you know, obviously, like, there were romantic interests and people that I just met that I was like, I want to really understand what I'm feeling. Right. So here we are. Yeah, it's a good and way to I process. Yeah. collection now. So. Right on. <laughs> How many poems have you written, do you think? Or do you know? Oh, man. Well, I would probably, my, my best guess is probably over 100. Really? For sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the collection I'm wanting to do is about 40. Um, and that's really from, I, I, I'm, I want to call it reflection. Uh, and it's kind of my growth from like 17, 18 years old to 26 now Mm -hmm. of where I've been, who I've interacted with, what are my memories that that's kind of a big thing with my poetry is like, I, I haven't quite processed this yet. Like I want to go back in my memories, process it. What was I feeling? And then what did I learn from it? Yeah. You know, there you go. Learn or be learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point of this. Right. So that kind of replaced journaling for you then. Cause a lot of people, you know, journal to reflect and to process feelings and to understand their day, but you put it in more of a creative sense where, you know, poetry can be read in such a way where you actually, like when, when you journal, it's to me, it's like just bland, right? You're just writing down words, but poetry, you're being creative. You're, you're putting more emotion into it. Um, and like you said, you, you had that romanticized, uh, poetry and, and you had your feelings you're trying to express. 
was there ever a poem that you wrote that you're like, yes, like this is exactly how I feel. This is like spot on. Definitely. Yeah. There, there are those diamonds yeah. always. Like, yeah. uh, you know, something I always learned from Jocko or Joe Rogan, those guys is like, you got to really sift through the shit. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, I've, I've written tons of poems that I'm like, what the, you know, God, that's terrible. Like I'm such, I'm so whiny here. I'm so like, I mean, I, it's, I, I try not to be too hard on myself. Right. That's something I've had to learn, but yeah, every once in a while, it's like, this is, this is a golden, perfect poem. I, and, and lots of it, especially lately with my girlfriend, of course, it's like, this is a perfect poem. I want to share this with you. This is written only for you. Yeah. That's nice. So there's lots of those, like, you got to make sure you keep an eye on which ones you're really liking and which ones you're too hard on yourself for. Right. Yeah. Your own, your own worst critic. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's how I am with a lot of my stuff that I do too. So I totally understand that. Do you set those as poems aside? Like, how do you, how do you like remember where they're at? Oh yeah. How well, do you save those? Well, uh, they, they transfer a lot. <laughs> so there's lots of times where I'm like, I'll, I'll write it in my poetry book. And then I'm like, well, I know I, I got to type it up, right? So then I'll go type it up. And as I'm transferring it, I'm basically reanalyzing it. How does this, do I want to change anything here? Mm -hmm. And then I'll let it sit for a while because sometimes you got to let it simmer and how do I really think about it? Right. And then I'll transfer it back and I go back to my poetry book. So like the poetry book I have now is all 40 of these poems have been written here, typed up erased and then put back here <laughs> nice and uh and it's just kind of my process i guess i just for some reason i need to see it in different places yeah you know oh uh, yeah that's i mean you're essentially you're you're a word artist right yeah hey so i mean right like there. people say wordsmith but like yeah you're a word artist too and so if you see it in different areas it really makes sense mm -hmm. um i mean our artists picture in their own mind how they're going to create the painting whereas you know you have to the words are different you can't imagine mm -hmm. a word as a painting you have to put them all together scrap them like, i see what For you're saying sure, yeah i totally get that that's cool so like what's your idea with this book then what do you want to do with it when do you want to publish it like what's your goal my uh, well my goal is this year yeah that's that's my sort of set up straight plan mm -hmm. is just by the end of this year, have a book out, have a poetry book out, put it on a bookshelf. Nice. I think that would be so cool to walk into like a Barnes and Noble and like, you know, reflection, Andrew C. Piercy. Yeah. Like, that would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you can see it, you yeah. can envision it. Yeah. And so it's just something like, how can I get my stuff out there? Have people connect maybe just, really branch out i guess i've yeah. been i've been holding these for years <laughs> you know yeah that's so. awesome that you're that takes a lot, a lot of vulnerability too mm. to put your feelings and you know what you've written out there into the world mm -hmm. um so it takes a lot of confidence i'm sure and I had to work for it right yeah had to work a very long time to tell myself i was any good really <laughs> and so it it's just a you kind of have to like reflect, take your poems back in and be like, you know what? Nobody else could have written that mm -hmm. at that time, at that specific instance with these emotions, nobody else could have written what I just wrote. Mm -hmm. And if I'm happy with that, if I'm proud of what I wrote, 
nothing else matters really right. it's like that's that's my poem yeah you know so that they there's a sense of confidence that just comes in that in the uniqueness in that the you uniqueness. bring yeah right right on uh are you i don't know if this is a weird question if you've ever thought about this but like when you publish the book are you going to publish your actual handwriting in the book or are you going to type it out and just kind of set it in different formats oh you know what i actually haven't thought of that that's really? a great question i you know handwriting i think actually is a very um, much more, it's a much more intimate mm -hmm. reading experience. Like there was this book I saw Barnes and Noble. It was like Kurt Cobain's journal, mm. right? Just his whole, everything he wrote, all his scratches and pen marks. He erased this word. It, it sort of just cool. creates a better atmosphere. Yeah. So I was thinking a little bit about that. Yeah. It makes it more personal. I think too. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you don't want it to be too much right. sometimes. Right. Like I've, Whenever I go into Barnes and Noble, which is a lot, I I love well, Barnes and Noble, man. I love walking in there. I always right? walk out with like one or two books. I'm like, oh crap, I wasn't spending spend money out here, but okay, yeah, exactly. here we go. God, my my <laughs> library is like full of untouched books just because yeah. I walked into Barnes and Noble by accident. <laughs> like I gotta have it. <laughs> right, right. And I go to the poetry section, and you know, everything's typed, and it and lots of the poetry books now are very, um, very short mm -hmm. you know i worry sometimes like i mean i write longer poems um a lot wordier too so it's like man would anyone actually like pick it up like it's a little bit more like i said i guess wordy is still the right word yeah um so i but i go in and every time i'm like blown away by how simple they can make it too i wanted to ask too like you know, you, you are a big reader. What, what's your way of reading? Like, how do you like to read? Uh, I have a whole, it depends process. on the book. Yeah. yeah. So like what I've learned is that each book, um, the, the core of the information is always in the last two paragraphs of each chapter. Oh, and right. so I'll skim through the chapters a little bit, kind of pick up on little notes here and there. And, mm -hmm. and like I said, it depends on the book because a lot of books have some good quotes. And they have a lot of good information. So, for instance, this one's um, pretty much a biography about different leaders. Okay. And so I'll, I'll kind of skim through it. And I'll pick up on little things here and there. Another example is the Four Disciplines of Execution. This thing oh. is like a freaking uh, scholarly journal or something. <laughs> it's so full of information. Like, you can't skim through this or else you're going to miss something because there's formulas. There's um, ideas in here that nice. you definitely have to take value in. And again, like I said, the last two chapters or last two paragraphs in each chapter is like where the meat of the information is because they're trying to conclude that chapter. And mm -hmm. so we'll just do a quick revision. So I'll, I'll uh, most of the time I'll skim through the book and, you know, go through the last two paragraphs to pick uh -huh. up what they were actually going over. And if I really like the book from the get go, so like Jocko's books, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't skim it through that at all. I didn't, you know, cut ahead. What is it? So le leadership strategy tactics. He's got, um, yes. So he's got the first one he did was extreme ownership. Oh, right. And then he's got the, uh, the dichotomy of leadership. And then he's got the manual. It's the leadership manual right. strategy and tactic. Yep. Field uh -huh. manual. So I, I went through that. that. Um, I like his writing style because the field manual is basically just to me like a picture book. Because when you open it up, it's not like a normal book at all. It doesn't have just constant, you know, words covered in pages um, or pages covered in words. I said that backwards. <laughs> right. But the other book, the field manual, it's just like pictures that he's, um, yeah. he has on his Instagram that he put into the book. And I'm he's got like, every day. yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right. And um, he just has little blurbs. 
uh, in the book. And it's kind of like what you would probably do with your poetry is that you'd probably put a picture and put your poetry in. Right. That's what he's doing with his stuff. So like, this is poetry to him. I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. That's, that's, <laughs> so that's, cool. that's my process. How do you, how do you do it? Uh, well, so I, I actually, whenever I read something, I actually have this gift for you, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if you, uh, this is more like an arts, an art world kind of take on, um, uh, like confidence, right? Oh, really? So art, art and fear, observations uh, on the perils and rewards of art making. This nice. is kind of like for listeners. I would definitely recommend that book. Cool. Um, if you're an art maker and you're scared of what you do <laughs> and what you write and what people will think, I think that book is really, really good. Wow. Um, thank you. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. No, all yours. Because the way um, I write, the way I read is I take notes yeah, <laughs> on everything it. I read. Yep. And so I write down quotes I like. I write down uh, my thoughts as I read it. So now that I've read that, I have yeah. these. And so that book is all yours. Dude, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and so there's obviously like lots of, I'm a big quotes person. So that's right. I mean, yeah. And the same way. The wall, <laughs> it's, yeah. I um, get it. That's what a lot of these are notes from books too. Um, like Victor Frankl. Have you ever read the book on the meaning of life? Or Masters for Meaning, I'm sorry. Masters oh, for Meaning. No, I haven't. So Victor Frankl is a psychiatrist, and he was uh, a Jew during World War II. Hmm. And he ended up being um, in some of the worst camps during World War II by the Germans. Right. And throughout the book, he's questioning life. He's questioning God. He's like, what's the whole point of life if there's suffering? Right. And there's literally there's two pages in the middle of the book where he finally comes to the conclusion of what the meaning of life is and you know oh. what the meaning of suffering is and like he just kind of um has this this realization of like suffering is meant for this and this is what we're meant for and, and it really opens your eyes up so i've got um a few quotes of him uh -huh. written on my wall and in a lot of my notebooks yeah, i feel like he'd uh, everything you, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll give you his book uh sure. before you leave because i've got it i'm done with it i don't, I don't need any more cool. so I'll, we'll, we'll change gifts um and exchange books but it's on my bookshelf over there but it's an eye opener, it. man. Like it, it, it's, he goes into like detail about what happened during the camps. And, huh. um, at some point, like you get so emotionally invested into the book and you're like, holy shit. Like how did these people survive? And I mean, of course many didn't sadly, right. but the people who did survive, like they have to live with the guilt. They have to live with the trauma, but they have right. to live with that throughout their lives. Um, yeah. so anyway, that, that I would recommend that book to you. Um, cause I pulled a lot of quotes from there. But I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you, um, even online articles, journals. I'll look up, I don't know why, but I have some weird obsession with Latin. And so huh. the one I have above my door, the Lecter et Emergo, I struggle and emerge. And I'm like, that is 2020 in my, my uh, that's my 2020 right there. Because right. it's just it's been that kind of year. So I hear you. Do you have any Definitely. favorite quotes that you have memorized or that you've written oh, down? man. Well, uh, God, I, there there are definitely too many that they all flood my brain at once. Right. Um, one of one of them I actually brought was uh, from that book. Okay. Um, I think the the one chapter three, you know, when you act out of fear, your fears come true. That's Ooh. that's really just something simple. Yeah. That I've always struggled with. Yeah. I I've been a very anxious kid. Yeah. Like, you know growing up always scared of what people were thinking or judgment mm -hmm. and what I was doing and the way that I was acting to prevent it is what was causing it. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, don't think this, I'm not this person. And then they're like, 
or, you know, if I say, oh, don't think that I'm afraid of that, then it's like, oh, he's afraid of that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. something simple. It's a simple quote that I like to live by kind of right. When you, when you let your fears, you know, when you act at your, when you're afraid of something, they come true. Right. There's another book I'm going to refer to you now called Mindset. I don't know if you've heard of Mindset. mindset. No, yeah. I have not. Uh, it talks mostly about growth and fixed mindsets where like if you're in a fixed mindset, you think that the information that you have um, attained is the final source of information. Like there's nothing uh, more that can change from that piece. But growth mindset is that you question that information. You find out another answer. You find out more information that garners mm. that growth. Um there's uh, another attribute to it, but it's kind of like the fear aspect of like what you fear will come true if you act upon that fear, but it's taking it from a different perspective of like, okay, why are you afraid of this? Mm. Is it really like, a, is it a real fear? And if it is a real fear, then that's something you need to like really focus on to get over. But if it's not a real fear, then has nothing, you have nothing to be afraid of, right? Yeah. It's just like, it's perception. Basically. Is it based in reality? Yeah. Like analyzing your situation. I yeah. actually was, you know, I recommend therapy to anybody. Yeah. Always, always recommend therapy. And a recent therapist session I had, I was worried about, you know, something that I was outside of my control, you know, and I couldn't see into another person's mind, you know, and what they were thinking. So she, she was basically saying, what, what in reality do you have that is guiding you to that principle and right. you, once you deconstruct it you're like well nothing really like, right it's, it's not based in reality. Really. exactly yeah so yeah. relating it to real world here and now moments is kind of a good way to conquer <laughs> um, all right well we're gonna cut it off there dude i appreciate yeah. you coming here uh thank you for sharing your poetry and their your inspiration um reflections by drew uh, at the end of the year thank you i'm gonna be looking for it thank you man. on the bookshelf yeah, thank you awesome. for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem.